Radio shouting. We either going to make music to change the culture or the culture going to keep going the same. If all that's going on and all this going on, where are the songs from the youth that's showing me that, hey, man, we paying attention in that part, too. Where's the social commentary? In this generation, exactly. I'm waiting on it. I can't do it for you. You got to do that for yourself. And until you stand up for yourself, more and more people going to die. I cut up the station. It's about that time for Fila. Most likely he a small fry if he was stamped by Beehive. It's one in one station only. They got the streets on fire. So please do not touch the dial. Cut with film and go live. What's happening? It's your boy Beehive Radio. Shouty. Of course, you know we live from 285. And stepping in the building, I got an A-Town legend, Mr. Get Down himself. One four for the good at mob, man. Big Gilt, what's good with him, my dog? What's going on, B? What's happening, man? We in the city, man. A-Town, oh, what's going down? I mean, welcome home, man. I know you're making your way between L.A. and the A-Town right yeah, about now. Yeah, all the time, man. You know, I got a spot out there. I got a little honeycomb hideout. Yeah. You know, I keep a dugout in A-Town <laughs> all the time, man. You know, you know, I got to keep the legs parked in the South, man. Exactly. Ain't nowhere else Pulling the B. What's oh, happening man. with you? I mean, nothing, but man, I want to get straight into this tape, though. Let's do it. Mr. Get Down, man. Mr. Get Down, man. Tell me about it. How all this come about? What made you decide to drop this mixtape, man? Because I know you don't normally fool with the tapes like that. Yeah, uh, well, what happened was I did my new deal with Epic Records, uh, like right there at the end of the, you know, 14. Yeah. And um, me and CeeLo put a record out. I put a record out called Shine Like Gold. That's right. And um, it was my first, you know, Re- reintroduction back into the music business. I mm-hmm. signed with Epic Records. I'm back home with Sylvia Rome mm-hmm. and L.A. Reid. So I was happy. We put that record out. It was like a worldwide record. It came out. It charted uh, top 20 in, in the U.K., Australia, Japan. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my little brother went on Twitter and said something, and then they pulled my record. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> what was going through your mind when that hit the fan, man? Uh, it's all good, man, because you know sometimes, man, we don't know the what what social media can do you yeah. know what i mean and we don't know we didn't know the the laws and the, and the things you shouldn't do so you know we just learned from the situation we not tripping so what i did was mm-hmm. i didn't trip i just went back into my my laptop and yeah. i pulled all these songs that i had just laying in my laptop and said let me just do a record for the streets so at least i can get them something mm-hmm. you know before i drop the album but it all came about after we did the outcast you know, weekend a week in Atlanta, the yeah. outlet, the Outkast, um, at last, at last uh, concert, and just to see thirty thousand people come out and see us from Friday to Saturday, which we we brought over a hundred thousand people to the city, man, from all over the world to see us do our music together for the last time, man, and that was something that it it, it really touched my heart. So that's what made me go into myself and say, man, what could I do for these fans? You know. Because the love they ain't given to us for 20 years, yeah. I had to give some back. So I went in and I gave them 18 new songs, man. Put it out like um, Thanksgiving Day. And we already got 100,000 downloads. Getting uh. ready to go on tour. All kind of stuff, man. You know what it is. I mean, Boxed <laughs> Up Shouty. I seen the visual for that thing. I mean, straight up dope. Tell me about how that came about. Okay, Boxed Up Shouty, man. Uh, I just wanted to pull the lack back out and remind Atlanta <laughs> what we built this city on. We built this city <laughs> on old-fashioned and, and old styles and respect for the old and you know I just wanted to show people man Gil still can do that you That's know right. I can still do that I can pull one of the legs out of stores man and, and drop the top and hit the air just to show people man I ain't never scared of my people I'm always gonna make music for my people but you know the world is a big place man yeah. and I gotta yeah. go see it already <laughs> now my favorite John off that tape though man 
that sugar, cocoa, and honey with Bruno Mars. Yeah. I mean, tell me about how that one came about, boy. Well, I'ma tell you, like Bruno had recorded a few songs for Low. Yeah. And it was a few, it was one, these were one of the records that were laying around that we had in the vault. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey man, bro, you gonna use this record? He said, no. So, you know, I, I was like, hey man, that Bruno Mars, you know. <laughs> You know, he wasn't Bruno then, you know, yeah. he was their Bruno the session writer, you know yeah. what I mean? So I jumped right on it, man, and you know, already, man, the record already getting played in Africa, the UK, you know, uh, uh, Singapore, you know what I mean? It's getting played all over the world, and, and it's just a mixtape, yeah. you know, song. It wasn't even something that I put out there for sale. And yeah. you know, like, we got a new video, I put a new video out. Uh-huh. Uh, Booty Bead, did by my yeah. dude named Caviar, man. I did that in the crib. That's just for all the folks in Atlanta, man. Go to the Booty Club, man. You know how we do it. We raised up off of it. That's right. I was in I was in strip clubs, sixteen years old, man, <laughs> over there at Montreal, man. That's right. <laughs> so that was just some idea for the for the strippers. But I'm about to drop another record off the album, mm-hmm. off the off the mixtape. It's called Paradise Life. Yeah. And this is and this record here, and this just stomp down gift here. This just yeah. stomp down Cadillac music, man. You know, because when we came into the game, it was about having a record that you could jump in the car and ride around Atlanta all day, man. That's right. One one gas stop and rest, we gonna get, and then we gonna keep it rolling. You that's know, right. so th- that's what this record all about. Just reminding people of what we came up off of. It's cool to do the club stuff and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, but you know, I just always been in the music that make me think. If it don't make me think or make me think of something better, I can do it myself. Then. I, you know, I can only listen to it for, you know, for service value. That's you right. You know what I mean? So, yeah, Paradise Life, that's the next thing. And then, yo, man, I'm about to um, about to give up the, uh, drop the album, Zaga. Yeah. You know, Epic. Now tell me about this album now. This album, it's going to be a musical journey. I feel like this album is the closest thing to Love Below, Outkast's yeah. last album, you know? Because one thing, me being from the dungeon, we got this, when we do albums, this is all about music. That's right. You know what I mean? It's the difference between doing a mixtape and doing an album. Mm-hmm. So when I'm doing an album, I'm trying to reach all kind of people. I'm mm-hmm. trying to meet all, I'm trying to reach all kind of cultures. So what what, what do you do when you try to do that? Yeah. You, you go and make great music. So the album is basically about me going in and showing you the diversity and the growth of Gip as an artist for and you know over 20 years, man, I showed you that I can I can be many faces. That's why I call myself the mutant, cause you know yeah. I've been able to flip and, and be different characters in front of your face, and you have to you have to be like, how you reinvent yourself like that? <laughs> well, it's an art to this, you know yeah. what I mean? And I'm trying to show artists that if you don't learn this, you will not survive as long as I've been able to survive. That's right. Now, you know? 20 years ago. An album came out that kind of shook the South and changed the game, Gip. That Soul Food, man. Soul Food. I mean, how do you feel being 20 years deep in the game and folks still bumping that album to this day? Because, I mean, Um, I still got a few songs in my mix right now that I'ma just ride to when it get cold. Yeah. That Goodie Bag is my theme song right there, okay? I still ride down 66 and I'm like, it's dark as hell out here, man. Yeah, it's still dark as hell. I feel grateful, man. I feel grateful that uh, the most high gave us that. You know, for us to be able to come into the game and drop a record like Cell Therapy, yeah. and we can look around and see that this world has turned into everything that we said on that record. You know what I mean? We talking about the cameras. We talking about the government peeking in our window. We talking about the social media where they can track you and follow you anywhere you at. Now, everything that we talked about. And I'm just letting people know that, man, you know, if you got these new phones, man, you know, them police can follow you everywhere you're going. So never think that you they don't know what you're doing. Yeah. So, you know, it's just a message to y'all man that you know when a message sent sometimes it takes you 
a long time to get it. You might not get it the first time it come across your your face, but I think now people really realize what we did for the South. And we, hey man, Outkast, they were they were superstars, yeah. but I always know that Goody Ma was the backbone. That soul food, man. you know what I mean. You you can you, anytime, and, and and you can put soul food in right now. And it's still relevant to what's going on to the day, man. Cause out here, man, it's hard, man. Like I can see that it's changed. It's more people going into poverty. It's it's less and less people knowing how they gonna eat every day. So you know, to have soul food in your catalog, man, it sure can. It surely can help you through some tough times in your life. That's one thing that I can say throughout the throughout all the years. People always came to me either coming home from jail or just going through different things with their family. They always were like, man, I go to that soul food, man, and y'all helped me through a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. man. You know, a dude told me that last night, like, man, you know one of y'all favorite songs y'all ever did? I said, what? He said, guess who, home? I always think about my mama with that yeah. record. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's real, man. What were it's the real. studio sessions like creating that album right there? And when y'all were creating that music, did y'all know that that music was going to go down in history and change the South the way it was perceived and what it was called and all that stuff? Um, We didn't know at the time, but we felt like <clears throat> we felt like we were saying something that wasn't nobody else saying because people don't realize that we came out at the same time. When 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 Astor Records did they deal, they did they deal with the face and they did they deal with Bad Boy. So when our first little tape came out, you know, our first little um little promo tape, one side was Bad Boy, one side was the face. So one side was Outcast Goody Mob, the other side was was Biggie Smalls and Craig Mack. Yeah. So for me, you know, to be to come in the game with the person or with persons that they 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 consider as the greats, then who am I? Yeah, you know, because yeah. I'm still living. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, for me, man, to just to know that we came in at that time and we recorded Soul Food and Curtis Mayfield House. Yeah, and I I think that to a certain extent that made us that made us just think about things and do things a little bit different than if we had did it in a regular studio. We yeah. was in we was in the great Curtis Mayfield house on yeah. Camden Road, man. Exactly. Like we had to do something great cause that man could come in and out that house if he wanted to and be like, yo, y'all in my house doing some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so we always wanted to make sure we did some music that it, it that just, just in case this man walked in the door, yeah. he could say, man, I respect that. So yeah. that's one that's one thing about us, man. We always felt like soul food, we always made grown man rap. Yeah. So even at this point in my life, I can still make the same rap because I never made little kid rap. It's always been grown man rap. Right. So I don't feel no different than I did even twenty years twenty years before. You know, I yeah. feel the same that I feel right now. And, and what it is is what we felt. We felt like we were being chosen to say something mm-hmm. because even though people blackballed us and said we weren't gonna be here, we 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 would get best live show every year. Mm. Like we would. Like from 95 to 98, 99, we got best live show every year. You know what mm. I mean? Couldn't nobody beat us on stage. I don't think it's too many groups that ever they can touch what Goody Mob can do on stage because yeah. nobody ever had just artists like a CeeLo in their group or, yeah. or me or, or Cujo, you know, mm. and a Timo, just four different dudes. Exactly. But at the same time brought an ingredient to the group that made the group just – you can't copy it. We've exactly. never been, been, been. They can't duplicate Goody Mob. So you know, if you want Goody Mob, you gotta come get Goody Mob. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> now that Dungeon Family, man. Uh huh. You had a bunch of folks from the A Town that could get together, and I mean, flat out jam. Mm-hmm. 
but everybody's from the hood at the same time. How were you able to get everybody on the same page for y'all to be able to jam like that? Man? Well, see, a lot of us went to school together. You okay. know, Wish Doctor, Wish Doctor, Timo, uh, CeeLo, they all from the same hood. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, me, uh, uh, Cujo, he from he, he from Camden Road, Venetian Hills. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like uh, Big Rude from Venetian. You know, I'm from East Point. You know, I think that it was just the times because, mm-hmm. you know, in Atlanta during them times, it was only three sets of groups really doing stuff. Yeah. You had Dallas Austin. Yeah. And then you had Jermaine Dupree. Yeah. And we were the third. You know what I mean? We were the third entity. And really, if you think about all three of us, we all knew each other. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? As kids growing growing up. So we all used to hang out at Jelly Beans. So we've been watching each other since we were kids or at Greenbride, the Gold yeah. Room. like. Yeah always special and always was in our face like Dallas has always been the dude that everybody looked up to because you know he started making hit records at 16 17 years old with Climax and Joyce Irby so it was just us being around those kind of guys then and once LA and Babyface showed up in town we just felt like we had to do something that was bigger than just you know, because during them times, it was all about scrub the grind. Yeah. You know what I mean? We, yeah. It was all about bass music, and I loved it. You know, I was a mic. I was a, uh, I was, man, I was, man, all into the booty shake. Yeah. Man. Like, and you know, Magic Mike, man, come on, man. Gucci Crew, man. Poison yeah. Clan. That was Gip, man. That's my homeboy, too. <laughs> Old JT Money. So, yeah. For me, it was about just making sure that we impressed L.A. and Babyface. Yeah. Like, that's something that nobody else had in the city. And, you know, Dallas didn't have to take his records to L.A., you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and neither did Jermaine. He just had to do great for Usher. Mm-hmm. But what he did on So So Deaf was So So Deaf, you know. Yeah. But for us and what we were doing, Outkast, we had to take our records directly to L.A. and Babyface. And to have to do that, you had to impress you them. You had to bring it. You had to impress them, man, because, you know, the biggest thing they used to tell us, like, man, look, man, if the I don't, I don't want to hear a song. All I want to hear is the melody, the hook, and the chorus. Whatever mm. you're saying in between that, that's cool. I get to that. But yeah. them the three most important things. Though. So if you think about it, if you go back and listen to Organized Noise and the Dungeon Family albums, it was all about music and layers. That's why you had so uh, like people like Witch Doctor. Like He had his own style, yeah. man. It was just his, his own. And If you think about it, Cool Breeze was the first dope boy rapper. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like... That represented Atlanta, like on, on that style, you know what I mean. And and, and Backbone was his, was his own thing, like yeah. his own West Side kind of D boy story. So mm-hmm. it was like it was great to do that because Reek had his mom's house in Lakewood, mm-hmm. you know, like he was able to have fifteen, twenty guys at his house all the time during them times, and us just sitting there. And sitting around that music and trapping at the same time, yeah. you know, <laughs> <laughs> gotta get the matter now. What's so funny about it, you know, like people ask me all the time, like where the word trap come from? It come from Goody Mob. Yeah, first time you ever heard it, you come from, it comes from us, uh, and that cool Joe Goody. Most of the slang that people use in the South, that cool Joe Goody. Yeah. See what Y'all I'm had saying? a slick dictionary you know that I mean? came with the album, yeah, though. You know, so <laughs> the slumptionary. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, it it was just all about us all having one goal, and yeah. the one goal was to represent Atlanta because we felt like at that time, at that particular time, mm-hmm. that Dallas was so pop. You know, Dallas was hanging out with, with Madonna and all that yeah. then, and, you know, J.D., 
he was doing crisscross, but we always felt like crisscross was big, but crisscross didn't represent Atlanta. Yeah. They they represented what JD wanted them to represent at that time. You know what I mean? Like, and, and what was special about them was they they were so dope. They were derp, dope, and they used to wear their clothes backwards. Yeah. But you didn't get to knowing what Atlanta was about till you got to the Dungeon Family. Yeah. You got to the Dungeon Family. I don't care that first players ball video, man. We let you know we took you through the city, man. Like this yeah. Atlanta. Like That's what right. you whatever the other stuff you see, but this Atlanta. And I think. People always had to respect us because we never wanted to be like nobody else mm-hmm. but from Atlanta. You know, everybody else, it big the dipper. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But when it came out of the dungeon, man, everybody always knew this was Atlanta. People moved to Atlanta because of what we did, not exactly. of what Dallas and what JD did. Respectably, they yeah. did their thing. But when they when people wanted to know about Atlanta, they put on the Dungeon Family music. Another album still standing, man. That Black Ice. Black Ice. I mean, another classic and another one of my favorites that fly away, man. Can Amen. you tell me about how them two joints came together? Um, Well, one day, uh, Reek, Reek had this beat up playing in the dungeon for about a week. Mm-hmm. And um, it was right after, I'm going to tell you, it was the same week we did the Bad Boy and Organized Noise weekend in Atlanta. Mm. He had this beat up all day, like all day. And I was just like, yo, man, I'm tired of coming over here and hitting this beat. So I just went in the studio and did three verses to Black Ice and, was, and walked out of the studio. Yeah. Well, I, I came back the next two days. Rick had put Dre and Big on it. And I was like, <laughs> dang, like a song that was really, to me, I was just in there vibe. And I yeah. swear, I just went in there and vibed them three verses out. Yeah. But when he put Dre and Big on it, it became a real song. Mm-hmm. And and you know the whole thing was just about the black ice in Atlanta, man. You know that's just something that we come, we we hear coming up. Like watch out for the black ice, exactly. you know. And and life like that too. You know what I mean? True. Life like that. You don't watch out, man. You can get you can get caught slipping. Mm-hmm. You know. So, and the fly away. That record came about, man. We played, uh, we played uh, bad boy over at the dungeon. Yeah. And Puff showed up. Puff showed up with. With new with, with New York Knicks, you know what I mean. He, he came with old professional basketball players, so we out there. We like okay, there okay, New York, <laughs> New York showed up with professional basketball players. It's just us in the hood, yeah. so they beat us at the dungeon. And I remember, I mean, we were tripping because we and, and that day we were tripping because we were like, you know, like when I stay fly away, and we went in and recorded that record after that. We used that aggression that we had lost that game. We were so mad. Then we 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 set up the football game and then we was out there. We were supposed to be playing uh flag football. We were tackling. <laughs> <laughs> Been here, <laughs> them tigers, man. <laughs> Been here. Now, how was that feeling though? When I look at songs like that, fly away, and I look at how the city is now. Yeah. How do you feel when y'all talked about a lot of this stuff? And people weren't quite getting it right then, but now you see it around you everywhere you go. Well, I mean, I I I see it, I respect it, and I just like, hey man, it's up to the youth to change it. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's up to the youth to want something else out of this music game than just the streets and just the club life. Mm-hmm. You know, because one thing you can't say that one thing we've proven: if you do great music, you'll survive. Yeah, you know, and you know, I I I I take my hat off to to to, to the young artists that's pushing that kind of line, and that's like Bob, Lil Rory, mm-hmm. you know, like some of the different artists out here that's really trying to do their thing, and, and and you know, 
take it to the other level because, you know, like this street music, not too much of it going to make it to London. You know what I mean? True. It's not going to make it to London. You know, they know Jay-Z, but they know Jay-Z because of Beyonce, not yep. because of Jay-Z. You know yep. what I mean? Just know that them people over there don't even understand a lot of that stuff in our street culture. So mm-hmm. the only way to reach them is to make great songs. Mm. And that's what I tell a dude all t- all the time, man. Now, I ain't got no whole bunch of freestyle for you, but I bet you yeah. I write a better song than you any day. Yeah, yeah. You know, so with that, man, you know, that's just me respecting the culture and respecting music. And I want more and more artists to feel like they love the music and the culture and not the streets and the drugs, you know, because yeah. that, ain't, that, ain't, that ain't what we make music for. Exactly. Now, I know you toured with CeeLo for about three years. Yeah. I mean, what was that about? How was that? Okay, what happened was, you know, he had just finished doing the Nas Barkley. They gave Shawty a big deal, so we was over in London, and he was like, yo, bro, like, we got to go and meet with this dude named Bruno Mars. So we went and met with Bruno, and and when we got in there, we did this song, F You, and in 24 hours, it was a worldwide smash, and we went and we did everything, man. We went on tour with Rihanna. We went on tour overseas. Uh, mm-hmm. Every country, every he performed for the Queen, mm-hmm. you know, and we did the voice at the same time. So it was exciting, man. Moved to LA, man, and you know, just dug in there, man, and and started to really just understand that, okay, now we gotta take Goody Mar to another level. Let's do a TV show. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's what we did next with uh with TBS. Mm-hmm. And, you know, did great, man. And you know, People don't understand sometimes, man. When you try and go and do different things, you can't be the same person that you are that you sold in music. That's yeah. what people don't understand sometimes. The same entity that it, is, that it takes to make records is not the same one that people might want to see on TV every week. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like Snoop Dogg don't act like Snoop on the records than when you see him on TV. He's That's Snoop, right. He's Snoop Daddy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's exactly. Yeah. Snoop Dogg. So, I mean, that's all, man. Just us learning that it's so many other places you can go, some so many other countries, man. It's just it's so it's it's such a big world out there that I think that people getting trapped into this thing. Cause you know one thing I want Atlanta to know that we starting to get like New York did in the nineties, man. We starting to be about all about just Atlanta, man. And it's not just about Atlanta. We supposed to make music for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think if you keep doing that then you kill your own base. You kill your own home and the way that you make music and you're not supporting it. Yep. Because if everybody making the same thing, why the people going to start supporting it. Exactly. So if the artists don't keep elevating and, 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 and doing different things, then you'll lose your fan base to somebody else. And it's always somebody else ready to take your, take your spot. Exactly. Last question. Michael Brown, Eric Garner, and the police shootings. Yeah. I um, mean, how you feel about that stuff right there, man? Um... You know what, man? Um, when stuff keep happening and people keep using these different excuses of why it happened and why it's not going to happen again, but it keeps happening, you know, so I just feel like the marching ain't going to change it, man. Mm-hmm. What we did 30, 40 years ago to get some stuff, uh, the rules changed, not going to get the rules changed in 2015. Mm-hmm. You know, I just feel like we... It's it's some of some of it is the police fault, but some of it is our fault too, man. I I see how the youth is out here, man. Like yeah, like these kids out here, man. They can't. You gotta remember, man. We were grown. We seen chronic. Yeah, 
We were grown. Yeah. We were grown men when we seen. We grew up off of old Babby, old Bobby Brown, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Reggie Miller. Reggie Miller, folks. Like, these kids ain't grown up. Come on, man. Every song, man, these kids get on the Instagram. I can't go a day without my drink. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like all that. And, you know, I had friends dying this, man. That's why y'all don't see Gip a lot and just everything. It's like, man, a lot of my friends died in this game. You yeah. know what I mean? So, you know, like, I, I knew DJ Screw. Yeah. I went to DJ Screw house. You know what I mean? So, you know, for that man not to be here, and I know he started that culture. I'm like, hey, man, you know, I knew the man that started that culture. He not here because of it. My dude Pimp not here because of it. You know what I mean? Like, it cool. But I remember when I used to be kicking it with my Texas folk, they'd be like, nah, yeah, that, that that drink, they ain't for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, at least folk did that back then. They like, man, certain things ain't for everybody. That's right. But you got a culture now. Where well, these kids get up, they they on the chronic four twelve, they get and pop the Molly four two, and boy, yeah. they boy, they gone, they out the chain by seven o'clock, so they in jail by ten. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. So it's like you got to think about it, and that snowflake coming back, man. Don't think I don't know, man. All y'all <laughs> girls out here keep five deep going to the bathroom. I know what y'all doing, man. Y'all better watch it, bro. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'm just saying, oh, it's a really? culture. Yeah. It's a culture, but I feel like. The death that's going on is 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 partly our fault, mm-hmm. and it's partly the fault. You know, when I grew up, man, I wouldn't have never been in twenty grand partying with my dad and my uncle. Yeah. Now, folk be off in mamas and daughters be in the club partying together. <laughs> folk like I don't know. It's just a different type yeah. thing going on yeah. right now. So it's almost like you can't help what happens to the youth because the youth ain't being parented. Mm-hmm. You know, the youth are being you, the the, the, the parents, they friends with their kids. Yep. See, I ain't being friends with my kids. That's you know, right. we gonna see they stay mad at me. I don't care, I exactly. know I'm doing right when you mad at me. That's right. You know, so I, I, I just think that we have to understand that half the problem is ours and half the problem is us not paying attention to our own communities and checking people when they needed to be checked. Back back in the day, everybody checked folk that was out of line in the community. They ain't had to call the police. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But now I just feel like these kids so off the chain. They don't listen to their mamas. They don't listen to nothing. So these police scared, man. Yeah. They scared. You know, like you you, you know, like some of these kids, they fifth, sixth grade, they six five. <laughs> You know what I mean? So you just think about a, a grown, another type man having to deal with that. He he going to pull that pistol instead of the stun gun. Yeah. So, you know, you got to also think about, like, how much can we, how much can we use self-control to not put ourselves in a position where they got to kill us? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so, you know, we either going to make music to change the culture mm-hmm. or the culture going to keep going the same. But one thing that I can say if all that's going on and all this going on, then where are the songs that's telling me? Where are the songs from the youth that's showing me that, hey, man, we paying attention to that part, too, and not just to the, you know, we popping, we doing our thing, we buying jewelry, and yeah, cool. But I'm saying, like, where's the social commentary in this generation? Exactly. I'm waiting on it. I can't do it for you. You got to do that for yourself. And until you stand up for yourself, more and more people going to die. Mm. Yeah. Hey, man. Appreciate you coming through this thing, my Thank dog. Thank you for having me, man. Already. Wish you nothing but the best and much success. Yes, sir, man. Be high ready, yo. Shout it, man. Let's go.